Welcome to Connect. My name's Dave. I'm the lead pastor and garage. There we go. <laughs> Thank you very much, Luke Mahoney, for that incredible portrayal of yours truly and uh, some of my best material he used in there. So, hey, welcome to Connect. It is so good to see you. Wasn't that brilliant this morning with the kids? They just did so well. I know we've got some mums and dads and grandpas and grandmas and uncles and all sorts of family here who have been watching your kids. You guys have some amazing kids. And uh, as a church, we're very fortunate to have some amazing uh, kids pastors and leaders and volunteers. And uh, just know this morning that we put an incredibly high priority on um, communicating the love of Jesus to your kids every single Sunday. Um, every Sunday they're in their area, either in the preschool or back in the K through five area. And it's not childcare, it's not fun and games. They are genuinely every week learning just how much Jesus loves them and what an amazing plan he has for their lives. And it was brilliant that this morning they got to come and uh, teach us a little bit about Jesus. So um, welcome to Connect, good to see you. We're going to. Um, talk a little bit here. We've been talking about this idea of the journey. So if you're just here for the first time this morning, we've been talking about some different journeys. But I need some help here as we're talking about this journey. So we've done this uh, once before. Um, You have permission at this point to get your cell phones out because there's going to be a little bit of interaction from the audience. So if you uh, want to participate, it's completely anonymous. We will not publish any phone numbers or uh, names behind these. But if you have a cell phone, you can go ahead and text Text to the number 22333, so that's the number you're going to be texting to, and you're simply going to text the phrase CC555. So if you text right now CC555 to the number 22333, um, you should get a response saying thank you for joining in our poll. And what I want to do this morning, as you guys are getting ready there, is uh, I've got, come up with a couple of questions I want to get your input from. We're getting ready for Christmas here, and uh, I want to get some feedback from the audience of where you guys are at in your Christmas preparations here. So you are going to get to answer either A, B, C, or D to our poll this morning. And... Um, As I said, it's completely anonymous, so you can be truthful. We're not going to uh, put up any pictures or uh, phone numbers or names or anything like that. So um, if you've done that, uh, we'll move on. If you haven't, you can still do it at any point. But let's have a look at what our first question is this morning on our poll. So what are you hoping to get this Christmas? So what's on the top of your list to Santa? Are you hoping for clothes? Someone's right there. Jewelry, electronics, or toys? So as the texts come in... Now, I realize this is what you're hoping to get. You're all going to get socks. But um, what you're hoping to get is uh, one of these. And actually, socks fits very nicely in our leading category right now. So the texts are coming in. I think all the dads in the room are texting in C. Uh, All the mums and wives are texting B, but they know that really... (laughs) It may be a hope, but that's all it's going to be. So um, we'll give it another few. It looks like clothes is on the top of the list here. So very nice. That's very cool. We, uh, we'll be getting some clothes here for Christmas. So it looks like our winner right now, and the majority of you are expecting, hoping to get clothes this Christmas. And realistically, only 9% of you are really expecting jewelry of any sort. So all right. 
we've got another poll. So uh, we're going to pop up another question here in just a second. And as that one pops up, you can answer again. So what's your budget for Christmas? Is it under 500, 500 to 1,000, over 1,000, or budget? Question mark, question mark. Again, absolutely anonymous here, so do not worry. We will not um, publish any of these results. We do run a class called Financial Peace, so there may be a way to communicate to everyone in D uh, that that is available for you uh, to sign up for next, before next Christmas. So, uh, but I was curious. I was wondering, you know, kind of where, where people are at here and they're spending for Christmas. And I know some families are bigger than others and uh, obviously lots of variables here, but I wondered what Christmas was going to look like. So look at that. You're, you're very, some very wise, you know, frugal people here this Christmas. Under 500 is doing very well, but it's almost matched by people who have no budget whatsoever. So I feel like those two cancel each other out just a little bit there. So, uh, Okay. Nice results there. All right, so I've got one more question. This is actually going to tie in with what I want to speak about this morning because we're doing this series called The Journey, and Christmas is about journeys. So how far will you travel this Christmas? Nowhere? Are you one of the lucky ones who gets to stay home and go nowhere? And I was going to do miles, but I realized that some of us have no idea how many miles we're going to actually go, so we'll do time. Are you going to be spending up to an hour in a car, train, bus, plane? Are you going to be spending one to three hours, or is your journey going to take you over three hours this Christmas time? And it could be any day, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, uh, sometime over the Christmas period. Look at that. We've got some very fortunate people in the room here this morning. <laughs> my wife's giving me the look, um, who are going nowhere this Christmas. And you'll find out in a second why I, I just got that look from my wife, because we are, uh, if I were texting right now, I wouldn't be texting A, um, we would be texting D. And I'll tell you why in just a second, but I want to give you just a couple more seconds here to get your votes in, so we can tally up the totals. All right, so a kind of a good spread of one to one to three to over three, but a lot of you getting to go nowhere for Christmas, which is awesome. That means that this Christmas, you get to just kind of settle in and enjoy time together as a family, and that's great. So well done. Thank you very much uh, for texting us in. Like I said, the reason I was curious to know is because I would be texting D. Because my family is going on a very long journey this Christmas. On Christmas Day, uh, my family and I will actually be uh, on three different airplanes through four different airports and will ultimately end up on the day after Christmas, the morning of the 26th, in London, England, where I'm going to get to go and spend some time with my family. So obviously, my kids are really excited about this, you know, because when I asked them, what do you want for Christmas? They said, we want to spend Christmas Day in a bunch of different airports, eating overpriced McDonald's and, you know, traveling for hours upon end on airplanes. And their Christmas wish has come true. So, <laughs> they're, they're not too excited about this idea, but I'm like, kids, we're going to Europe for Christmas. Come on, it's not that bad. But, uh, so I'm looking forward to this long journey because it's going to ultimately end with me getting to see my parents, my sister and her husband and family. So we're going to get to spend a little bit of time post-Christmas over the new year with my family back in Christmas. It's a pretty long journey, much longer than 51% of you who are getting to go nowhere on Christmas Day, which would be my wife's number one choice this Christmas. But we've been talking over these last few weeks about that first Christmas story. 
The very first Christmas story when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And what's been fascinating is we've looked at these different journeys that took place in that very first account of the birth of Jesus. The first week we talked about a very famous journey that Mary had to take. This journey wasn't on Mary's radar. She had no idea that this was the plan that God had for her life. But Mary discovers from an angel that she's pregnant, that she's going to give birth to Jesus. And then uh, shortly after that, she finds out that there's a journey that she's going to have to take with her soon-to-be husband to Bethlehem. We're familiar with this image of Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem. Very famous journey. Another journey that we looked at a couple of weeks ago was the journey that the shepherds took. The shepherds were just out in the fields, minding their own business. And these angels appeared and brought this great news that Jesus had been born nearby in Bethlehem. So the shepherds, they left the fields and they went on, went on a journey to, to see this baby born in a manger. And we learned that week when we were talking about the shepherds that it was actually the first of a couple of journeys because that first journey after meeting Mary and Joseph and Jesus sent them on a second journey to tell everyone of the amazing thing that they'd seen. Last Sunday, if you were here, Andy spoke, and he introduced us to the next journey. That was of the wise men and the magi, and something cool happened. So during his journey, or during his message last week, Andy explained that in actual fact, you may not know this, but the journey the wise men took was a long journey, uh, would have taken months, maybe even a year or more, and actually when they arrived to see Jesus, it would have been quite some time after his birth. So they still came and they still saw Jesus, but it wouldn't have been at the same time as the shepherds. And Andy pointed out last week that that's why our nativity sets are actually um, not completely accurate. Because when you see the shepherds and the wise men together, that's not actually how it played out. The shepherds were there and then sometime later is when the wise men came. And there was a family that was paying very close attention during Andy's message last week. And last Sunday afternoon posted this picture of the front of their house on Facebook. And... Um, made sure to make clear that while the shepherds were with baby Jesus, the wise men were still on their way. They, uh, they weren't there at exactly the same time. They were on their way. Uh, they would be arriving sometime later. And after Frosty, the snowman, who was a little bit closer, he would obviously arrive before the wise men, and then the wise men eventually would get there. And um, I'm not sure how wise the wise men were, because they're still way away from seeing Jesus, but all their camels have made it. The camels made it, <laughs> but uh, somehow the wise men didn't. So <laughs> I think that family might be here this morning, judging by that loud laugh. <laughs> Brilliant. So we talked about these, these three journeys, but this morning, I want to talk about another journey. You see, there was a fourth journey that took place in that very first Christmas story. And you think my journey at Christmas is long? This fourth journey was the longest of all the journeys. You see, the other account that we read about is the journey that Jesus himself took to be there. And you might say, well, what, what do you mean journey? Like, what kind of journey? Well, well, let me explain here this morning what I mean. You see, we're, we're able to read about the life of Jesus because there were four men who wrote down an account of his life. Their names were Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they write down, they tell us all about the life of Jesus. 
And what you need to understand is these guys, they wrote these accounts quite some time after the life of Jesus. Because in this culture, 2,000 years ago, uh, they didn't have uh, writing and the ability to read and write like we do today. There were only some people who were scribes who would write. So the culture was much more of a storytelling culture. People would tell the story of Jesus, and it would be passed on from generation to generation. So they lived in a time where everyone would have known the story of Jesus because it would have been told so often. But these four guys, they decided, okay, we need to, as years have gone by, we need to write this down. So when you read Luke, for example, talking about the angels and the shepherds, it's not like a reporter saying, you know, he's writing down, I, I'm, I'm here live right now in a field just outside of Bethlehem. There's been reports of an angel. No, Luke was writing this years later. And each one of these four gentlemen who wrote these accounts of the life of Jesus, they were writing the stories that they'd been told to different audiences, so as they were writing to their specific audience, there were certain aspects of the life of Jesus they felt were very important to be told to their audience. So for example, um, Matthew and Luke, they're the ones who really put a lot of detail into the birth of Jesus. So Matthew and Luke, they're the ones who tell us about shepherds and angels and wise men and Mary and mangers and stables. They're, they're the ones who tell us the, the very familiar Christmas story that we're all um, familiar with. Mark, for whatever reason, when he was writing about the life of Jesus, he, the very beginning of Mark, he just jumps in and Jesus is an adult. He doesn't tell us anything about Jesus' birth story. He just jumps straight in and we, we start with Mark at the, the adult stage of Jesus' life. But John, John, who we're going to look at this morning, he actually decided to, to, instead of starting at the birth of Jesus, he takes us even further back. It's John who actually outlines this incredible journey that Jesus took to be there on earth in that first Christmas. John felt like it was really important to the audience he was writing that everyone fully understood that this story they've been telling about this baby that was born in Bethlehem, that they fully understood exactly who this baby was. So listen to what John says in John chapter 1, 1 through 5. He says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through him. Nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So John, why, why do you start there? Why, why does John take us right the way back to the beginning of time, to creation, to introduce us to, to this thing called the Word? What are you talking about, John? He says that this Word was with God, that the Word actually was God. John tells us that the Word existed at the beginning of creation. And that nothing could be created unless through him we discovered that this word brought life to everything. So this word appears to be a pretty big deal, doesn't it? John wants to make sure as he's writing to his audience that they understand just how important the word was. And fortunately, John goes on to explain that the word isn't a what, it isn't actually even a word, but it's a who. When John's talking about the word, he's talking about a person. Listen to John chapter 1, verse 14. So the word became human 
and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory. John's talking to the people here. They said, we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John's writing to say, listen, I think it's really important that you understand that the word was Jesus. That Jesus is the word of God. And, and yes, you've probably heard the stories about baby Jesus. And you've probably heard the stories about Jesus growing up to be a man. You've probably heard the stories, the amazing stories about his miracles and what he taught. And, and maybe some of you, your, your parents, your grandparents, they actually heard him. Actually, they were there. They got to hear and see Jesus. You all are very aware of who Jesus is and what he did. But let me tell you exactly who he was. Because he was a far bigger deal than you realize. The story of Jesus is far greater than just this baby that was born in Bethlehem, who grew up to be a man, who died, who rose again. No, the story of Jesus goes back even further. John wants all of his audience to know that the word was with God in the very beginning. He wants his audience to know what a big deal Jesus was. I uh, just this last week saw an article in the Chicago Tribune. Maybe some of you saw this article. It's a fascinating article. Uh, a lot of my friends locally had posted it on Facebook. And this article was about this guy. Uh, and this particular guy, it turns out he's a pretty big celebrity in the world of Star Wars. Okay, so this guy is like a, a big deal. He's a big name in the world of Star Wars. The reason being is that he's a host of a Star Wars podcast. This podcast is called Coffee with Kenobi. And uh, this guy who hosts this podcast um, has an audience of 50,000 listeners every week. So every week, this guy posts a new podcast. And every week, around 50,000 people download and listen to this guy's thoughts on Star Wars and the Star Wars series and the meaning behind the movies. And he has a huge following. He was recently in Disney World just uh, uh, earlier this year because they opened a new Star Wars ride and he got to go down there and be there for the grand opening of the new ride in Disney World. Just last week, he was out in Hollywood for the premiere of the new Star Wars movie. He's hung out with the actor who plays C-3PO, with Harrison Ford. Last week, while in Hollywood, he got to have dinner with uh, the director of Lucasfilms and J.J. Abrams. He got to sit with them. Pretty important guy. Earlier this year, he was in Chicago at the Star Wars Celebration Conference. The article says fans lined the halls of McCormick Place to get into a session he was speaking at. As one of the fans arrived, they shouted out, Dan Z! Because he's like this celebrity. But you know what else the article told us? It told us that this guy also has a 9 to 5 regular job. So outside of this podcast, he also has this 9 to 5 job just working a regular job, and they posted a picture of him at work. We've got that picture. This is him. That is Mr. Dan Zare, sat behind his desk teaching English at Washington High School. <laughs> it's crazy. This guy is like a teacher at Washington High School. I told my kids about this. I was like, Ben, Will, do you know who this guy is? They're like, yeah, yeah, we know exactly who he is. I was like, he's like famous. He's a celebrity in the world of Star Wars. Ben said, I know, it's crazy. He's, he's met Harrison Ford and still on a Monday morning, he's having a hard time getting kids to turn in their English homework. <laughs> I had no idea until I read this article that we have this guy who's a teacher, but in the world of Star Wars is a huge deal. And this is what John's doing as he writes this letter. 
He says, I know many of you know Jesus. And I know many of you have heard of who he is and what he did, but, but you need to understand he's a much bigger deal than just this baby that grew into a man that lived life. He was there in the beginning. That was John's account. John wanted his audience to understand this, this Jesus, he took an incredibly big journey to be here. His journey spans time and space. He was there at the creation of the universe, and, and then he came from heaven. From being in existence since the beginning of time, he came to earth as a baby. John wants all of his audience to understand, hey, of all the journeys we think about at Christmas time, this was the greatest possible, imaginable journey. And this morning, I want to just take a moment and ask this question, Why? Why would Jesus take this journey? Why did he leave the side of his Father in heaven to come to earth? If this was such a huge journey, if John really wants us to understand the magnitude of this journey, then we probably better figure out why it was that Jesus took this journey. So I got to thinking, maybe, maybe it was his teachings. Maybe the reason Jesus came from heaven to earth was to teach us some amazing things. And he did. If you're familiar with any of the teachings of Jesus, you'll know that he, he challenged us to love our neighbors as ourselves, to forgive those who hurt us. And, and there's incredible teachings that Jesus taught that have influenced people for thousands of years. But the truth is, if it was just to learn something, if it was just those teachings, I think God could have used anyone. John the Baptist was on the scene before Jesus. He was teaching some great stuff. God could have sent a book full of teachings that we could have just read and learned from. So I think it was more than just for what he was going to teach. So maybe it was his miracles. Maybe the reason Jesus took this incredibly long journey from heaven down to earth was because of all the miracles that he would one day be famous for. Healing people and uh, delivering people from demons and even raising people from the dead. Incredible miracles. Maybe that's why he came on this, this incredible journey. But I got to thinking about that. And Jesus wasn't the first person that we read about to have done miracles. In fact, if you go back in the Old Testament, all the way back to Moses and Elijah and Elisha and some of these names that you may have heard of in the Old Testament, there were some incredible miracles that took place in their lives. And actually, even after Jesus... He raised up these disciples, the apostles. And if you read, there's a book after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's called Acts. And it's short for the Acts of the Apostles. And we, we learn about the Acts of the Apostles, what these guys got up to after Jesus. And they, they saw some incredibly miraculous things happen. So because of that, I don't think the journey Jesus took was just to perform miracles. Even though they were incredible miracles when he came. He taught amazing things. He did amazing miracles. But I don't think... Either of those was the reason that Jesus took that journey. You see, I think the reason that Jesus needs to make the journey he made is because without him, it's impossible for us to take a journey that we need to take. There's a journey that every one of us have the option to take, and I don't think it's possible to take that journey without Jesus. In fact, I think his journey made a way for our journey. His journey, Jesus' journey, made the way for our journey. 
why he came. That's why he took this journey. You see, there's a journey that we're all created to take, I believe. And it's a journey that it would be impossible without Jesus. Because if our journey was just to live a good life, be really nice, to give to charity, to work hard, to try hard, that would be great. But we wouldn't need Jesus to accomplish that journey. We, we could do that ourselves. The problem is, that journey of being nice and doing good and giving to charity, that's not enough for us to complete our journey to God. And I'll explain why in a minute. If the journey um, for us was to go to church every week and take our kids to church, even get involved in church, that would be great. But again, if that was the journey that we were called to take, we wouldn't need Jesus. We could do that without his help. And the problem is that that journey too isn't enough to get us all the way to God. Let me explain why. There was another guy who came along after Jesus. His name was Paul very famous guy in the New Testament, wrote a lot of the letters that we have in the New Testament now. He had an encounter with Jesus that changed his life. And he went from being somebody who was very anti-Jesus and anti-Christians to his life turning around completely to where he became somebody who now proclaims Jesus and shared the good news about him. And he wrote to um, a group of Christians in the city of Rome in the early New Testament, so not long after the death of Jesus. The church was starting to grow, and he wrote to this new church in Rome. And he was explaining to them why Jesus had to take the journey that he took. Why we need Jesus to help us on the journey that we have to take. He said this in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. He said, For everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. He's saying that this thing called sin that he's talking about, the wrong things that we do, it separated us from God. It's like it's created this barrier between us and God. So our journey to get from, from where we are now to a place of a relationship with God, however hard we try, however good we are, um, this journey will always be impossible because of this barrier, this separation that's been caused by what the Bible calls sin, the wrong things that we do. No matter how hard we try, no matter how good we are, no matter how many good things we try and do, we will always be separated which is why we needed Jesus, because his journey made a way for our journey. It was his journey that made the way for our journey. Paul goes on to explain this in the next verse that he's writing to the Romans here, for chapter 3, verse 24. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. He freed us. His journey made a way for our journey. His journey set us free from sin. His journey leads us to God. We read John earlier, and he was talking about the Word and the Word becoming flesh. And then he goes on to kind of finish off his thoughts in verse 18. And when he says, And no one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. John's saying here, this is why I'm starting out with, with who Jesus is. What a big deal is, because, because he is the one who's revealed God to us. His journey has made a way for our journey. Because our journey to God goes through Jesus. 
our journey to God is because of Jesus. Jesus has connected us to God. But it's a journey that we have to decide to take. It's a journey that we have to make the decision to say, I, I do want to go on this journey. I, I'm, I'm searching. I'm looking for a relationship with a heavenly father. I'm looking for a relationship with God. And I understand that the journey to God is through Jesus. Because Jesus took that journey so that I could go on my journey. I would say to you this morning that of all the journeys you take this Christmas, whether it's to friends, family, uncles, aunts, in-laws, grandparents, the greatest journey any one of us could take this Christmas time is making a decision to step into a journey to discover God. And that's why this Sunday I want to finish out this series. We've talked about the journey that Mary took and the wise men of the shepherds, but the greatest journey of all was one that began thousands of years ago with Jesus in the presence of his Father God. And then 2,000 years ago, leaving that place to come to earth as a baby, to grow up as a man, to die, to rise again. Because his journey was necessary to make a way for our journey. And I hope and pray this Christmas time that if you've not stepped into that journey yet, that this would be the year, this would be the time that you would take that step and say, I want to step into a journey with Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. I want to discover God for myself. Let's pray, shall we? Father, thank you so much that in the busyness and the hassle and all the stuff going on at Christmas time, that we have opportunities like this to just slow down enough, to just pause, to focus in on the true meaning of Christmas. That is that Jesus came to earth the Son of God, present with God in heaven since the beginning of time, since creation, chose to take the long journey from heaven to earth because we couldn't ever complete our journey without his journey. So thank you so much, God, for sending Jesus. I pray, Lord, for everyone here this morning, for any who have yet to, to take a step in that direction, to make a decision to step onto that journey. And then for those of us this morning who are on that journey, help us to continue to be thankful and grateful that we can have this relationship with you because of Jesus, because of the, the journey that he took. Let us celebrate that this Christmas time, that we have this relationship with you because of him. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.